Say Something podcast is brought to you by a momentwithmorris.com and blackblueprints.com. That's blackblueprints with a z.com. I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. We are bringing you the Say Something podcast. Say something, say something, say something. That's where we get together to talk about everything going on in the life out here in the world, out here in the traffic, out here in these streets. In these cool, cool, cool streets. <laughs> bringing you episode number 60. 60, baby. 60. We got 40 more to that, honey. We coming consistent. Give it a special shout out on this episode to to a particular uh, woman, a woman this time. Okay. Uh, broke into the business where most people caught eyes on her, where she had a recurring role on As the World Turns, but most people remember her from her breakout role in Sister Act Two. Uh, actress, uh, singer, musician, was originally with the group The Fugees. Did two albums with their Grammy nominated, Grammy winner for the score. Went on the solo tip. Drop what is argu- not even arguably, notably one of, if anybody's top 10 albums of all time, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill falls in somewhere. Yes, sir. Uh, and duly noted, it was on the 41st Grammy Awards that year. It had 10 nominations. Man. She took home five victories. And after that, everybody thought this was about to be the launch pad to just greatness beyond measure. She did a uh, somewhat of a second solo project, which was an MTV Live performance album. Uh, but with her dissatisfaction for the business and and how the the actual structure of the music business works, she had a real distaste for it. Uh, didn't really want to quote unquote play the game, and she more or less took her ball and went home. Uh, she went on to have a family uh, with a Marley. She got five with a Marley, six kids total altogether, and. And she was fucking white clef. Yeah. Sure well, got I it. mean, that wasn't right. my, my, my case was this was somebody who had a vision for what she wanted to do musically when she give, was given the opportunity was a groundbreaking performer, uh, visionary of her time period when it came to the to the her body of work. And I think that, you know, we just want to show a little nod, a little appreciation and give it up one time for L Boogie, Miss Lauren Hill. <laughs> when it hurts so bad. When it hurt so bad, she was at the Cannabis Club. Yeah. A Cannabis Club this past weekend. Yeah, we have a lot of artists who always talk about being, you know, uh, creative and visionaries and doing something different and changing the game and whatever the phrase is of the season or of the year. But this was somebody who really did. No, she came. She yeah. came with it. You know, she and she came off the, the heels of uh, female MCs like MC Light and, and all them in the era of Missy. And all that, and was still a standout. Like, yeah, she definitely was a standout. You know, very relative. Yeah, and so you know, just give a nod to that creativity, to that moment, and the inspiration for what she did, not only musically, but the ability to say, "This don't feel right to me. I'm not gonna compromise past this point. Yeah, and I'm willing to walk away." Because there's a lot of us out there who were in situations and circumstances, the job we work, the relationship Stuck. we in, the, the the environment that we keep ourselves in, and we're just barely tolerated. Choices. This you is what know, this show is going to be called. Choices. You know, we just <sighs> barely tolerated in that situation because we think it. You, you gonna walk away from all this? Yeah. You know, she was willing to walk. She was at the height of her career. She, yeah. you know, it was bringing her movie scripts you know all this stuff that they want to line and she was just like it ain't worth it 
Mm. It's not worth my peace or my sanity. Like, it, it, you ain't going to kill me for this. You're right. You know, and I think that that's something to acknowledge for a lot of us that we ain't really to walk away from the nine to five that's killing us. Nah. You know, the relationship. Choices. The relationship that's toxic. Choices. You know, the, the, the environment and the people we surround ourselves that are killing us a little bit more each day. Choices. You know, and so I think that sometimes we need to look at examples like that. If these are people who walk away from millions, walk away from opportunities because it just ain't worth it. Choices. <laughs> I'm just on it, man. Choices. What choices you out here making? Ah, uh, man, you got to make the right choices, man. Right decisions. I feel like everybody got choices on their brain and on their mind. But let's get it in, man. Sixty. We at sixty. We haven't talked for a while. You know what I'm saying? You've been kind of on your hiatus. I don't know everybody. I need my folks to find out what Jermaine's been doing. You know what I'm saying? He's been on the low. What you What you been doing, bro? Uh, what you been out? I really had a really great week. Uh, my mom was visiting okay. from Texas. Okay. She only makes it here. I mean, yeah. if I'm lucky, once a year. Yeah, we're lucky that we got sixty today. Then. Yeah. So she just she on her way back now. Okay. And uh, for the folks tuning in live, thank you for staying up with us. Those on the West Coast, East Coast. When you get the podcast, we are simultaneously doing a Facebook yes, live. Yes. Yes. Well, we're gonna try to get that, get our people invited, and get our people in. You know, share it with a friend if you're on there. If you're up late with us, you know, it's on. It's popping. We got a lot to talk about, brother. Yeah, I'm excited right about this. Hey, I'm coming off a good week. I'm coming off a good week. Got to see my brother came in from Los Angeles okay, too. You got it. You got it. Yeah. So I ain't been out there in them streets. I've just been, been with my family all week. Yeah. Are you sure you ain't been out there in them streets? I ain't been out there in them streets, man. I, I said really, I've been with my family. I've been to Denny's and Applebee's. Wait, 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 wait. You you been to where? I went to Denny's. Probably got a bunch of kids, man. Bro, Denny's though. You couldn't go to IHOP. Not. A, we went there today. Too late. The church rush hit. Oh shit, that's crazy. <laughs> church shit. Yeah. We, we got the church rush right now. When nobody at Denny's, so we was able to get. You know, my brother got a bunch of kids and stuff. So we, you know, you got to, you got kids in high chairs and all that. You got to yeah. make moves. You got to yeah. get in where you fit in. Yeah. Well, I just want to make sure that you know when folks are listening, we got um, a large, a big, big weekend. My brother Tef Poe is coming out. Um, if those who don't know Tef Poe don't understand, this brother is a revolutionary. He's a revolutionary on the streets and in his music from St. Louis, a part of the um, St. Louis Uprising in Ferguson, as well as Hands Up United uh, co-founder. He is coming down to Sacramento. We have the trap, the vote. We're talking about getting our voices heard, using our vote as our power and taking it back. For the people, that's going to be at the Soul Collective uh, panel. It's going to be at 7.30. Uh, we have uh, Pastor uh, Ben McBride. We got myself. We got my brother, Pastor Les Simmons. We have um, one or two of the members from uh, BLM, Sacramento. We have Cat uh, Brooks. Cat Brooks, shout out to the Queen Cat Brooks, who was actually running for Oakland mayor. Okay. okay, so she's going to be out there on the panel. So we just have a dope lineup, and then we're going to have a, 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 a performance. Of course, Tef is going to be on the um, panel. Then we have Tef who's going to be performing. we got some other artists performing. What day is gonna, this? This is May 11th. This this coming Friday, yeah. Trap the Vote. This is going to be the first of many things that we're doing because we want to get our votes uh, 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 out there. We want to know uh, like folks that are in power that they are no longer <laughs> going to be able to just move around without dealing with the people our that have. Choices. Yeah, our political choices is trash. Let's just start. Let's not even talk about it. But the fact that we're activating our our, our vote 
and making sure that we get ready and understand the politics of this. You know, we have to be activated and we trapping the vote. So with that being said, we got that event as well as we have our um, pop up cafe, a Kings and Queens court. That's going to be on the 12th to the next day. Y'all come to 2251 Florin Road, you know, come get your good eats. I'm going to be out there cooking, doing my thing. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful time. Right. Busy. A lot of good choices for oh, folks man, to be on, at man. on come Friday and Saturday. Come holler at me, you man. Know, folks exercising, they, 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 they free thought. Free thinking. <laughs> free thinking. Free right. thought. Free choices. First off, I'm personally a fan of free thought. Okay. Uh, I, I'm a big proponent for it. I think that in most cases, um, I don't think like the room. You know, like for, for most things that I can be somewhere or a situation, the way I see it is just a little bit different. Than the way most of the room sees it. And I respect that. So I'm a complete fan and supporter of, of free thought. I think too often that uh, we get caught up in how we're quote unquote supposed yeah. to think yeah. or what we think everybody else thinks. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to be the odd man out, you know, uh, or we just go along. Just we yeah. don't even, we don't even think for ourselves. No we don't, yeah, we don't even do we don't even compose an individual thought. We just, well, what you think? I, I'm, right. I, I, I'm the component of free thought, free thinking, um, speaking your truth and um, speaking truth to power. But I'm also a component of making sure your truth is not ignorant. Your free thought is not uh, self-centered and destructive to a, a, a people. So my free thought and my free thinking has to also be calculated. And when people are just ignorant and blatantly narcissistic about what they do and how they say it and however they want to kind of fly by night in the conversation, I start having an issue with that. And I think that as we talk about free thought, we talk about free thinking, we talk about choices. I think there's been a lot of folks that have been at this level, but I think ignorant is ignorant. Selfishness is selfishness. Self-centered is being self-centered. And when someone is over the top, they're over the top to the point where it's just like, yo, bro, you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Or yo, sis, you're really tripping. Yeah. So there's a difference between is that really free thought or is it you just want to spark up some attention for yourself to have people talking? And unfortunately, we're we talking about it. Well, I, I think. That, OK, so that's a good point that that's a good question. So there are a lot of people you can have an independent thought void of the proper information so you can think something that you came up with in your brain that is inaccurate and so you're like nah based upon the information i have this is the conclusion i came to and then all of a sudden you get the right information you oh oh i, I didn't know that oh I, oh that's how that went oh okay that happens all the time all of a sudden you show up on the scene and you see you know a dude and a girl getting into it or two dudes whatever or, you know, a big dude look like he about to two piece a little dude. And your initial response is to feel sorry for the little dude. Mm. Then you come to find out that the little dude was the instigator. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's not even the way I thought that was. So you can be gung ho about something and really be a free thinker and be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. It's another if you're purposely just trolling. Like you purposely just throw in misinformation. You purposely just throw in clickbait soundbite type information out there just to draw attention to yourself that's because that's got more to do with your intent than your information so i have a problem with those people i don't have a problem with somebody who's wrong that's a correctable situation and the fact of the matter is that we are all wrong about something every day most definitely so i I don't i don't fault you for not knowing but i do have issue with the folks who are just out there putting out misinformation with the ulterior motive shit i'm wrong about 20 times a day i think 
Yeah, as I'm saying, to be wrong, it's not criminal. Like that's not I, I'm not mad at you for being wrong, because when you it, there are a lot of people who are wrong in silence yeah. because they don't want to seem wrong publicly. Yeah. So they don't say anything. So they don't learn anything. Yeah. They just like, well, I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to keep this to myself and keep the wrong information as opposed to stepping up to the plate, swinging a miss. And then somebody gives you the right information and then you good from then on. Yeah. You know, so being incorrect just for folks, that's 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 OK. Yeah. You know, having the wrong answer is perfectly all right. Yeah. You know, making a mistake is is human. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't like the mother effers out there with the ulterior motives, with the like I said, the clickbait trolling side where they're just putting stuff out there just for attention. Very much so. Yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, in this era of say what you want to say and ignorance pays, la, right? La, 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 la. Wait till I give my money, right? Shit! So it's like when you have... Oh, excuse me. Was you saying something? <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, man, you, you can't, can't tell, tell me, me nothing. nothing. <laughs> can't tell me nothing. I just don't, you know, and all things in considered, as we all look at the controversy of what Kanye West has said, um, what he was trying to say, and he has... Everybody right where he wants them, and that is talking about Kanye. And yeah. I say that was a masterful plan. I just think that race is such a um, catch now 22 kind of conversation where it is going to go viral, whether you're doing something at Starbucks, whether you're trying to, a black person trying to move, whether you're being harassed by the police right yeah. now. This is a very hot subject yeah. of, of anything that has to think a deal with black people being oppressed or black people being abused or black people being mistreated. Right. Yeah. So one, I take, um, for me, I, I really take to, to, to some kind of disbelief that this guy who claims to be a genius would do something so unintelligent and so ignorant. But in the same reality, I kind of look at it like, well, this is kind of like the best thing for him to do because all press is good press, whether it's negative or positive, because Especially we've seen of that Jenner Kardashian. Yeah, yeah, well, because yeah. we've seen the storms that he's gone through, and his career has still been able to um, hold the test of time. He's never been, um, you know, attached to any drugs. He's never been attached to any abuse. He's just been attached to just behavior that some folks kind of will shake your head like, did, you, did he do that? Yeah. Whether it's rants, whether it's him walking on stages, grabbing people's. Uh, 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 the Taylor Swift, you know, uh, freaking awards or just speaking his truth, his free thought. So nothing he said was was like, oh, my God, it was earth shattering to some people. And, you know, what he said as far as as we've talked about it earlier and I've said it. So you guys kind of already knew what I was going to we're going to talk about in this segment was choices. The fact that he said that statement about, you know, slavery, it seemed like a choice. And he said some other things to kind of give you the idea of why he said that yeah. i think that it was in bad taste because one you're saying it in front of folks that you know your guest in their house right you know you don't need to talk about uh things that are going in our house to some guests that's yeah. one thing and then secondly i think and i believe just for the fact that our ancestors um uh, 
give has given us all whether some stayed on, on on the plantation or some tried to escape the plantation or some got shipped here whatever they gave it all for any of us to have the choices that we have right now yeah. so I, I have an issue with that and the issue that i have really is when you start creating that that attitude of choices negroes who are dumb blind stupid and really would not do a damn thing if they were in a predicament that our ancestors were in yeah. and the enslavement here in America. Now they get to start talking and like, well, yeah, you know, he got a point. Kanye has a point. Well, you know, it is a choice. Y'all niggas ain't moving nothing. Y'all ain't this saying nothing. 2018 so, brothers can't handle a 40 hour week job. Listen, listen, like I said um, earlier <laughs> in my life, Negroes will, will, will snitch on their partner uh, for a 10 day to not do a 10 day stay in jail. Right. The one thing about it is now you're creating this idea that now everyone is like, well, yeah, it sounds like we did have a choice. No, that whole imagery, that whole information that is now being spewed out, it gives one person or one group of people a pass. That's white folk. And that to me is a no, no. Because now when you sit there and you start talking about, hey, we need reparations, that motherfucker's argument is, well, hey, it was a choice. You guys didn't have and, to be here. And it's not a choice from Jed the janitor. It's like, oh, that's y'all guy. Like, you know, and, and, and on our side, we do the whole let yay be yay. You know, he just goes on rants. He just says stuff, whatever. But to them, that's like, nah, that's one of their poster kids. Yes, yes. Like, that's yes. one of their faces of the franchise. Yes. So if he's saying this. It got to have some of then there's, then there's validation be, to it. Yeah. If anything else, we can run with it. Yeah. Because this is this is somebody who has a voice in, in a platform within their community that they're doing it. I mean, the fact is, when it comes to, to and, and I heard some of the stuff that where he tried to actually break down what he was speaking of. And, and this, go to me, goes more to response responsibility that uh the loose comments even if you can justify it later even if you can break it down what you really meant maybe you know even if it wasn't your intent yeah. for the sound for the sound bite moment uh that's just a real reckless phrase to be putting out yeah you know you can find uh young girls who've been abused in the sense to where uh they continuously went back to their abuse yeah you can make the argument that on some level that was a choice. She, she, she. Well, she chose to go yeah. back over there. Yeah. Like nobody forced her. Nobody made her. But we know the psychological, yeah, kind you, of play into that you whole wouldn't thing. Sit there and say, oh, she wanted to be molested. She wanted to be. She raped. chose to be. You know what I'm saying? She, she had a choice. She didn't have to wear that provocative yeah, yeah. outfit. She wanted to be raped. Come on. So the, the, to even start putting that narrative out there is dangerous and it's reckless. And so to me, I wasn't taken aback by what he said because personally, Jesus isn't my personal Lord and Savior. So I don't sit there and think that what this man thinks, you know, is the end all be all to how I should move and live my life. But there are a lot of people who are really shook yeah, by well, his perspective. And, yeah. and something just to keep in note, too, is that he is extremely removed. Like he, he of eccentric mind, couple to two parts. He's extremely removed at this point in his life. Like similar to what Michael Jackson was for a little bit to what Prince was for about five years. Hell, even Eddie Murphy for about four or five years. Like they get into an insulated state where you don't see them out. You know, they're not doing interviews. They're not doing press. They're not. Do they just go in their own little bubble in their own little world and are only dealing with who they choose to who's in front of them. Yeah. Your perspective to the world just passes you by. Yeah. You know, like you just get caught up And the second part about Kanye, because people talk about, you know, he never got over the death of his mother. What a lot of people forget is Kanye didn't have a daddy. Mm -hmm. 
And for as much as we like to act like we'll say it for social issues, that's a huge deal. But we take away on the individual. Kanye didn't have a daddy. So a strong, positive male role model is who he's gravitated to since anybody's ever heard of him. It's how he found Dame Dash. If you remember Dame Dash. He was brash, loud, aggressive, but he got stuff done yeah. and he was successful in his field. He met he was linked to Dame first. Then he met Jay. Do it for, for the music piece for sure. And, and so and then with Jay, it was a bigger scale version of yeah. Dame. Yeah. Person who who commanded attention. He was a dramatic figure, like he had those moves. It's not coincidence that he gravitates to a dude like Trump. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're talking about a dude who's got some emotional deficits. We go to mental health when we talk about Kanye. But this is just some dude who's got some pieces missing. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that we have to put these people in their proper position. You know, he makes some songs that I like. Yeah. You know, he do some stuff and, and just put that on the shelf and leave yeah. the rest of that mess alone. Well, see, the thing about it, I think that obviously black folks, we have this 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 savior complex that uh, continues to haunt us. We, we kind of put our... Um, Eggs, all our eggs in a basket for yeah. these false prophets, and then when these false prophets they end up of doing something wrong, or when being you look human. at it, or yeah, exactly making human mistakes. And the simple fact I've told it, I said it earlier today. Um, it's not the fact that Bill Cosby is going to uh, prison or jail. It's the fact that it's um, Cleve Huxtable that's going to jail, yeah. right? You know, it's, that's, it's, 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 yeah. that's what people are seeing. And I don't see Bill Cosby because you really don't know Bill Cosby. You know. The, the, the character that he played in the show. So the reality is this. In a moment where you know it's very volatile, right, for black people, yeah. um, we know we've been marginalized. You now have this black privilege because you are an entertainer, right? Yeah. You are a part of what white supremacy looks at as one of the boys that will let in. Because why? We can make a lot of money off you, Negro. And it's just like having... Uh, a slave hand that is the best worker on the field. You know what I'm saying? We'll put you in the house every once in a while because you get things done. Uh, you make things happen. So he's a high-priced Negro that is so uh, obsessed with getting white acceptance that he comes off at the mouth. And the fact that we haven't held accountability for guys like this to kind of pull their coattail and start really chin checking them because we want to just look at it like, ah, nah, you know, we'll allow all the fuckery to go on because he makes dope music. That becomes an us thing because if he's getting checked the way he needs to get checked, he never comes in there and, um, and on, on enemy soil and says what he says in volatile moments like this, when you're seeing black people being marginalized, when you're seeing the treatment of black people across America, almost looks like we've gone back in time to the days where we were fighting for our civil rights, back in time to the days where we were fighting, uh, uh, you know, saying wars just to get a little bit bits of freedom. So when he says a statement like that, it's very reckless, it's very dangerous on so many different levels, but. It's very ignorant to think that a guy that people adore would not have any consideration to the thought process of how this is going to be delivered, whether it's negative or positive. It's almost kind of like I'm just going to be reckless with something like this. And then you turn around, you're confused. You're trying to say, isn't this the same guy that bravely said when a Katrina hit on a, a live telecast where uh, you couldn't edit it? Uh, 
President Bush doesn't like black people. It's like those are the moments where you yeah. get Kanye. You're thinking like, wait a minute, that's the same guy. And here we are in this moment I think where ignorant kind of flows. And I feel with that ignorant, it creates more ignorant folks. And I'm not even necessarily worried about the ignorance of Kanye. I'm worried about the ignorant with the folks who's working at Sprint, who's yeah. working at Verizon, working at JCPenney's that would never walk off of that plantation talking about we got choices. Well, I, I the part that I think that those different Kanye's was one was completely uh, within the people because Kanye had money, but he had money, money. Back during the Katrina era, like he was starting to get established. He was touring regularly. He was in all these cities like he was he was moving amongst people. I really think he is so far removed from people. I think he, I don't even think if you just started naming off national headline people, i.e. a Stephon Clark, he probably wouldn't know who they were or probably hasn't heard of them. Like, I think that he has got himself that removed on that big of a level that that's just that. You know, uh, his biggest concern, he was talking about he was fighting opiate abuse because he got liposuction because he was worried about people more or less making fun of him for getting fat. Like that was one of his major concerns. But here's the problem that I have. And I feel like there's something weird that goes into these celebrities. Right. When they get to this, this, this large amount of success. Right. right? That something weird happens. Um, You know, look at Michael Jackson. All of the transformations that he went to. You had this young brother that was a good looking young dude coming up. And then all of a sudden his face changed. His nose changed. Yeah. His, his lips changed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All these black features turned into white. It's almost as if the only way you can get in to a higher level is to sell your soul. And I don't know what they're selling and what they're getting back. But. When you look at a story like Cosby, how they've kind of brought out the skeletons of of 40, 30 years ago and has been able to put his ass now in the, the clink because of this shit. We're asking yourself, like, what kind of deal was he dealing? What, what kind of what kind of person, uh, uh, you know, who's done these things this long ago now gets tried for the shit? Who did he piss off? Who, who did he piss off in white supremacy? Well, you also have to understand, too, is that some people outlive their value. So if you're somebody who we look the other way while you served a purpose, you may have just outstayed your welcome. So so say if you take the uh, Cosby situation, everybody brings up to him trying to purchase NBC stuff. That's Bullshit. not really you know what I'm saying. That's not a relevant situation now. You're talking about something decades ago and his and his paper ain't like that now. You know, he's not in that position. And, and the fact is, is that you got a dude. Who has a bunch of skeletons in his closet? Who, like I said, you know, and especially coming out this Me Too era, which part of that's attached to, like you might, we need some bodies may need to fall, and we're willing to let it be you. And now the second part that goes along with that is that so they get this conviction. Then when the civil cases started, I'd be interested to see who's representing all these women on the civil side because they might be making some of this money back because you start picking apart at that four million that he's worth, four hundred million. And, you know, it's like, look, we need somebody to take the fall. This dude has got one foot and one knee in the grave anyway. Yeah. You know, it might just be time to, to sacrifice a lamb. And who better than the poster child for the black family? That's a twofer. Yeah. We sacrifice somebody to the cause and we d- d- deal a major blow, you know, to them over there. Well, let's let's look. Let, let's look at all our um superstars from the past to present. Uh it's almost as if 
there's deals expire, right? Because when you look at the cases of Michael Jackson, you look at the cases of, of Prince, you know, you even Whitney Houston, <laughs> you, you know, all these prominent, like iconic folks, right? Yeah. Or they just disappear from the face of this earth. You don't really kind of see them as, as much like Eddie Murphy. I mean, he was one of our major mega stars. And all of a sudden he, uh, you know, kind of just says, you know, he does his he movies every once in a while, but he's separated from the game. Dave Chappelle, who just all of a sudden said, hey, I don't even want to deal with none of this shit. Lauren Hill stepped away from the game. It, it's almost as if dealing with all of this celebrity and all this fame and dealing with all these white folks to the point to where you lose your mind and, and you really, because one, you no longer can be in that same kind of confine uh, as much as you're promoting or you're pushing black culture. You're not really as black as you want to say you are because your whole circuit of folks, I mean, look at what Kanye did. He, he married a Kardashian, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to talk about getting yourself into the mix of of just the shit of of what uh Hollywood looks like. I mean the Kardashians yeah. have that shit locked. That, right? That's the blueprint. So that's the blueprint of 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 what Hollywood is. Everything connected. I mean there's so much shit that they got going on that we don't even know of yeah. in Hollywood in that kind of world. So it's almost as if these folks go in there, man, and they're brain locked. They get they get they get captured. They get uh, uh, uh they, you know they, their minds get penetrated, and they forget definitely where they came from. But they no longer serve a purpose for the people that helped them come up. And I think for us, we have to stop. Uh, we really have to stop putting all our 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 our, our ducks on one individual or a few individuals and start listening to folks because when folks like this start losing their minds and start talking reckless and just be really uh, on their it's all about me shit it's not about anybody else i think that what we do we pay the biggest penalty because we've put all our ducks on that person we've bodied to that person it's hard for us to separate that's why r kelly is still in the game because it's hard for black people to separate artistry from real life yeah, well, you've got so the removal part. You take the Eddie Murphys. I think first off, if you after you reach a certain level, we'll call it level uh, of celebrity and of fame, and especially of income, the likelihood of you being able to stay tight with the people you came up with is extremely small. Look at what happened to Kevin Hart, his homeboy. It was his homie that set him up. <laughs> like it, it, it's extremely difficult because if me and you has been side by side for 15, 20 years. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you making forty five thousand and I just did forty five million off these last two movies. Like it's going to be real hard for us to have everyday conversation. Hey, man, let's go. Either I got to now completely support you to maintain our friendship and you probably going to feel a certain kind of way or we're going to have a distance between us because to maintain our friendship and you're going to feel a certain kind of way. Mm-hmm. So I think that and then once you get all these new people around you, you don't know them. So the trust factor. What your boy Drake say, no new friends? Yeah. So you take, you know, that that's common. You take like like Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre been a recluse forever. He he come from the mountaintop to make to do an album and go right back away. And you don't ever see him no more. And uh, just one more person as you talk about Dr. Dre, another person that had it all. It's just like Suge Knight in his situation. It's not meant for black people to game. Well, it is, it is, but it's not because at the same particular time, Suge Knight put, definitely put himself in a position to lose. But at the same time, Bill Cosby, what did he do? He put himself in a position to lose as well. Uh, OJ put him in himself in a position to lose as well. But they were all guys, all people, all black men that 
you know, white supremacy when they came knocking at the door said, you know, it's time's up. It's time to yeah, kick in. The Suge thing I think is different. Suge had 150 balls in the air. He was juggling simultaneously. It was a matter of time. Yeah. You know, you can't be doing that much criminal behavior in multiple states with all kinds of people and you're doing everybody dirty. There was no loyalty on any side that anybody wouldn't nobody taking a bullet for Suge. So it, it, but the grace and fall of how he was at one particular time, that whole record company was the biggest record company. That, but that's what I'm saying. The way he kept doing so much dirty dealing. Uh, I knew some dudes who was tied to death row during the era when he was there. I mean, the pistol whipping of the sound engineer because he didn't rewind the tape fast enough. Real. Yeah. Every, there was a gun in every room of the studio, shotguns up under the, the, the engineering board. Like, I mean, it was like that environment matter of time. Like there, and especially if you're an artist who's moving up the charts and becoming a global figure and you making millions of dollars and you feel like you in cell block D every time you go to work. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's just a matter of time before that runs. And then he started taking L's in the street, yeah. getting knocked out by dudes half his size at yeah. hotel casinos. Like it was a matter of time before they came up. to The Suge Knight is no longer the big bad wolf. Yeah, not at all. Um, but for some of these other artists, I get why there's because there's a lot of people. I think that they see the craziness and they walk away from the game. And we wonder why. Like Anita Baker. Yeah. Anita Baker was in the state was in the same race as Whitney Houston. Mary J. Blige was on the onset. Mariah was just getting established. She was multiple Grammy Award winning. Like Anita was there. And she, something about that was like, nah, I'm good. Uh, like, I think there's been people over the years that have seen what it becomes. Yes. And when they just fall back, we think that, uh, well, maybe they went to have a family. Yeah. Maybe they just weren't there. But I think they just were exposed to some stuff that they just said it ain't worth it. Yeah. And, I mean, the, I and mean, other people were like, uh, it is. I mean, the industry is what the industry is, man. Yeah. I think that it takes a, a relatively a strong person, strong personality, and it takes some good folks to just really um, keep you grounded. And I believe that. We don't have enough grounded folks in the industry because at the end of the day, these people get their money and, um, yeah, they're they're supporting uh, us for a minute. We're supporting them for a little bit and then they lose touch and they're out of reality of what we see, what should be uh, people coming back and giving back to the community. I've always made a big fuss about a lot of entertainers, sports athletes and say the problems that we have could be the problems that we can solve because we have enough millionaires you know what i'm saying yeah. that could really put in work but they don't put in work so you got kanye crying about obama in chicago and and um the different things that obama could have should have done but then i look at it well what are you doing you know what i'm saying like yeah. how much money are you putting in chicago i mean like what foundations are you building we're not talking about selfish uh, a reasoning to do a fashion and be a fashion icon it's like cool but what are you truly doing for your home you know what i'm saying yeah. and then when you think about it all like the and i i watched a little bit of the uh uh the uh interview they did with charlamagne the god and i, I was just trying it, to yeah. i just was like everything that you discuss and everything that you bring up and anybody that you like connect to is a white person no. Like anything that is okay, the standard of excellence is a white person. And that's, that, that's scary to me. And I think that the bigger case in all of this is the addiction that some of our people have for white acceptance, the addiction that we have for white approval, the addiction that we have to be just uh, to feel like we finally made it and white people are clapping for us, white people are being our friends and white people generally give a fuck. I think that shit is a thing that um, we've done wrong for so many times. I mean, 
integration for some folks. They felt it was the greatest thing that ever happened to us, but in reality was the worst because in that we lost about we lost so much of our own self in that and um, forgot about doing for self. And now we've been codependent in an abusive relationship. And this relationship is abusive. So for me with the brother, like this will be the last time that I discuss because I don't think that there's really no reason for this to discuss it after this because he is who he's going to be. Yeah. And, um, you know, if folks go buy his shit, oh, well, I mean, I'm still going to listen to his old shit. It is what it is. But I'm not putting all my stock into none of these motherfuckers because, first of all, I don't know them. And most of these guys aren't genuine. I've had uh, the, 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 the great pleasure to finally meet certain people that do they thing that are you know whether they're athletes or entertainers that are genuine shouts out to my brother uh garrett temple shouts out to my brother doug christie and, and vince carter those brothers are genuine brothers you know what i'm saying yeah. for the times that we rocked and we did an event together and you know we we still texting each other and really just building i can see that those brothers are some genuine brothers on not no ego shit we recognize that they got here and very humble about how they got here i just think that we need to be more tactful, and I think we have to hold our people accountable a lot more often than less because this is how it creates a monster. And the one thing that Kanye needs to look at is what Bill Cosby, is what's going to happen with R. Kelly, what's happened to OJ, the Tiger Woods of the world. After white supremacy is done with your ass, it's all systems go. I think that if we look at – okay, so taking those examples, if we take R. Kelly, if we take OJ – if we take Kanye, uh, Cosby, out of the group, R. Kelly's black card was never in question in the sense of selling out black people, not representing black people in, in that regard. Uh, his integrity card, his morality, his, you know, on some manhood stuff, on some legal ish, like the, the, all that sort of stuff, we, we, can, we can go ahead and put him to the fire. He was never in a position. He never turned his back on black people. He never changed it up to, you know, for the, for the mainstream look and forgot where he came from. Uh, this is just a nasty, dirty individual. This is a person who needs help and he needs some. He needs a nice little cell to go sit down and think about what he's done for a few decades. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, like for real. I mean, he just had another accusation pop up this week. So, I mean, so this is a question of. How much of it is, is our fault as a society? Because we have we have uh, we have a problem is we have black people who are who are fighting and fighting for white acceptance. But what about black disbelief? You know, how many conversations were you in where somebody was defending OJ for the, for the old for the homicides? How many people you know then, then sat there and said, "Nah, Kelly didn't do that with them girls." Mm. How many people was quick to say, "Man, them fifty two women was lying on Bill." How many people like like there there's the degree we have to deal with white acceptance. But what about black disbelief? Mm. You know, well, we just refuse to see the light. Mm. We just refuse to acknowledge what's in front of us. Mm. Like everything is the result of a systemic issue and a setup and, and, and propaganda and a problem. Some of these folks is out here doing this. Yeah. Yeah. R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Fifty one. Yeah. His last girlfriend was 19. Oh, damn. Do you know what I'm saying? Like. You ain't got to be Inspector Clouseau, yeah. Inspector Gadget. You ain't got to put, you don't need Scooby Shaggy and the Mystery Machine to put these clues together to figure out a man's pattern of behavior. Yeah. 
you know, if you 51 with a 19 year old and you was 48 with a 20 year old <laughs> and you was 46 with an 18 year old, you was a sick motherfucker, you man. You was 26 with a 15 year old. I don't. I've seen enough points of reference to believe that I'm willing to believe all them women off top. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't even need to go through the invest. I'm all off top. Yeah. So how much black disbelief do we not want to accept when we see it? You know, because we sat there on Whitney. Whitney's a good example. We blame Bobby. Mm. Like when 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 Whitney was breaking left and, w- and was falling all out, mm. we as a society blame Bobby Brown. Matter of fact, we didn't even think Whitney was really that bad on Whitney the Whitney brought it to the game. Whitney brought it to Bobby. Yeah. Quiet as cat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like so how much of it is just disbelief? That we come up with an idea of what we think people are, and we just refuse to see anything else other than that. Well, I think that um, um, the characters all need to be questioned because I believe that we as a society, we put folks that do things outside of what we believe is something that we can do. We put them on a pedestal. Yeah. So it's hard for us to kind of make these irrational decisions that, wait a minute, that person is not necessarily the person that they play on screen or that person that they rap about or yeah. um, sing about, that that person is just like me. <laughs> you know, um, they they are due for temptation. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They may battle with some ter- certain kind of addictions. You know, they may have some perverted ideas, right? Yeah. Just because they have all this access and all this power, to be honest with you, that puts him more in a, a strain because a lot of that time, there's a lot of hard work that goes into a lot of what these folks do, but they make so much money. They have so much access and some of that downtime, a lot of crazy thoughts happen, right? Yeah. Going into that Whitney thing. Think about it. How many years we thought that Whitney was never off Coke. Like you just said, we thought it was all Bobby Brown. Yeah, we blame Bobby. That Bobby brought, got, brought her down. Okay. And then and then watching her demise, I remember that interview when she was basically saying, you know, crack is whack or some shit yeah, like yeah. that, right? And come to find out she was really off more than just crack. Yeah. And now when you look at Bill Cosby, it's like, come on, y'all. The thing that we're upset about, I hope that we are upset about, is not the fact that, you know, the charges and the women, if we can't believe the women, it's the simple fact that these women, right, who I believe a majority are telling the truth, but it's a simple fact that it's the justice system, how they play black folk. That's really the argument I hope and believe a lot of black people are saying. It says, like, come on, man. Like, yeah, this dude probably did, but damn, how long did it take y'all to go ahead and pull this off? And especially when the time that he allegedly did all these things or did these things, I shouldn't say alleged now because shit, it is what it is. He got a conviction, um, so at least yes, he, he, you can say he did one thing. Well, yeah, he did something because he yeah. said it in his deposition as well, right? But the bottom line is this. Um, y'all didn't put him under the bus back then. He didn't have the kind of power swing that he has right now, right? So what you want to do is show and use Bill as an example. So what you're going to do is take a big fish and say, oh, black folk, just in case you get out of line, here it is. And instead of getting the Harvey Weinsteins and the Woody Allens of the world and all these other uh, Chester molesters and pedophiles in white Hollywood, we're just going to go ahead and get this Hollywood icon, which happens to be a black guy, and say, me too, here's what you want. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And all goes away. But the fact is, black people spend so much time believing false idols and and prophets compared to believing people like us who are telling the truth and giving us the benefit of the doubt. We give the benefit of the doubt to all our entertainers and um, uh, sports athletes because we feel some kind of connection because of some kind of memory that they bring to us, some kind of lift that they give to us. I think it's almost affecting our self-esteem because we have such low self-esteem in the black community because we believe and fall for every 
actually trick that these folks come out with. Yeah, and, and take it a step further, I don't even think with us it's always the case of not believing that it happened. It's okay. Don't nobody think R. Kelly ain't messed with young girls. We, but when Step in the Name of Love come on, we willing to look the other way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I tell motherfuckers don't even play that shit. Okay, but that's we, just me. We all knew who Rick James was. Like he was a wild saying, fuck. Rick James went to prison for for enslaving a woman, had her tied up in the basement, burned her with a hot crack pipe, doing freaky things to her. That's what he went to jail for. And Rick James died a hero. Okay, Reverend Al, love and happiness was a woman beater. Like, I mean, we sit there. It's not like these are just things that we don't nobody know about. James Brown was too. Yeah. So I'm saying we just, we just, I, somebody put on, tired of being alone. Yeah. Like, we just. <laughs> doing it. But, I mean, again, folks ain't perfect. Let's well, not, I, I, mean, I know what I'm saying. Thing, but folks ain't perfect. But I think that there has to be a line drawn in the sand with some things. And I don't think that right now. Um, folks are tolerating a lot of the bullshit. So, so with that right there, where is the line? Like, like, what is it that? Because like, I'm a firm. I really don't believe it, within our community we have deal breakers. Because rapists can come home, murderers can come home, drug dealers can come home, molesters can come home. People who done stole from grandma, people who done sucked and leached the community, those who've exploited our young folks, we still embrace them back. Folks who invest their earnings that they get from us into privatized prisons to re-enslave their own people. As soon as they come to town, they looking like, you know, they cheering for them and getting a standing ovation. What line in the sand do we actually have to where we say that is too much? You can't never come back. Like who can't come home? Family, let's ask that question. Who can't come home? Who, who, who is out there who's done something so heinous that we say, nah, son? Because the other communities, they'll do that. They'll put nah, you in exile. Here's, it, it, here's, like the, they, here's the thing. I look at it like this. Kanye West couldn't have made that statement. And this is clear. This I'm going to clear it all out for all those people challenging the choice. And he made sense and all that bullshit. Kanye West, if he was a Jew, would not have been able to talk about the Holocaust like that. No. Kanye West, as a black man, could not have made that statement about the Holocaust like he made about no. slavery. That's my point. They chose to go on those conversations. Like, no, 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 no. That's my point. Like, no. My point is this motherfucker could not get away with that, with saying that about Jews, you know, saying that about Asians or whatever plight that they had. You, it would just be a wrap. His career, as we would know it, would be shut down. Um I believe that we do have some tolerance for too much bullshit, yeah. and that's why we're actually having like back and forths about this. That's why there's like, oh well, you know, we know the system is fucked up, but Bill Cosby allowed himself to be in a system of white supremacy when he started talking reckless and saying, well, all you got to do is lift up your pants and you're sagging, you're not talking correctly, and all that other shit. Again, in the company of others, right? In enemy territory. You don't speak upon house business in front of the enemy. So that's a black code that we have to start kind of really enforcing. Like, hey, check this out. Certain mannerisms and certain things you ain't going to say in front of these people. We're going to keep it in-house. So I think that because so much has happened to the black community over and over again with, with, with so many of our great leaders. I mean, think about it. 
there was an era where black leaders were, were getting shot down or getting assassinated to such a high degree, it was almost like, uh, don't say nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, don't say nothing or you will die. Like, you you, you literally not only were, were uh, uh, being disrespected or being beat up for being black, but standing up for black, you was going to meet a bullet and you was going to see a casket somewhere. So I think that for us, it's that, that sense of believing that we have to stick together even in some of the wrong ways because that's what white folks do a lot of times but i think that with us we get to the point where we're starting to defend fuck boy fuck girl uh uh, uh kind of behavior silly negro shit to the point where it makes us look stupid anybody trying to take up for kanye with the the and slavery uh choice comment to me is a fool because However you spin it, that should have never came out of your mouth. No. Now, you could say, I believe that uh, black folks in 2018 are, are slaves because that's actual facts because we have a lot more choices than our people did, right? Yeah. Okay, you know, folks said, well, shit, everybody wants to use the, the, the Killmonger uh, uh, uh Statement: I will die. I'd rather j- j- die in uh, the ocean instead of being in bondage. No. Applaud. Great. But <laughs> if you're, be, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like you're in a bad situation, but you don't believe it's going to get worse, right? So he's like, okay, we're on this boat. I'm just going to see how this shit goes. Okay, let's see what it goes. Uh, now I'm on this plantation. I just saw my man get his motherfucking wig split. I got my wife and kids. Do I really want to go ahead and test this master one more time or I know I'm going to get my head wig split and the fact that I won't be here is making sure that my wife and my kids are going to get raped. You know what I'm saying? It's just so many different principles in that, whoa, it was a choice as if there wasn't thousands upon thousands of slave rebellions, thousands of thousands revolts. Some dumb, silly Negroes want to talk about the Haitian revolution. That was on that was on. Haitian soil that was where the immigrants had kind of the advantage because that was on their land and they had the numbers right and in a simple fact that you get shipped you're getting brought over here a foreign land and the reality is they got guns come on man it's just ignorant when you try to be smart (laughs) that's what's going on one more thing it's just like how all of a sudden prostitution has become popularized it's glamorized being a whole has become popularized it's glamorized and we've accepted it and we now put these people as our spokesfolks yeah just putting to, to the part that you were talking about the revolutions and the choice because they don't teach them they'll, they'll teach you about nat turner maybe and uh denmark vc maybe, maybe. and speaking on that speaking on that more negroes watch the fantasy land of wakanda the Black Panther movie, which yeah. I'm celebrating, then they went to go watch the Nat Turner film. Birth of a Nation. So, so stop telling me about choices. Yeah. So the the idea that there weren't revolts like regularly is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so keeping with choices in the mindset, there were multiple revolts and, and, and revolution attempts that were thwarted by black snitches. Okay. Like the, the the part to keep it keep it one hundred. There was was it Meritas Manumission? Yes. Where was the principle to where if you saved a white person's life, gave your life or put your life in danger to save a white person, his property or his livelihood, 
or, or were willing to dime out your people for the betterment uh, uh, of keeping the white movement going. You were rewarded in any way, shape or form from a pat on the head to potential freedom, like depending upon who you were dealing with and what the, the gravity of the situation. There were revolts across the board where right before it got ready to go down, some Steven in the group ran back and was like, hey, yeah. hey, boy, just just let you know yeah. when the sun come up, they wilding." Yeah. You know, but there was a bunch of revolts all throughout th- that, that were happening repeatedly. So this idea, because they, they teach it like we just took the L silently. Yeah, no doubt. Like, like we just sat there and was just signed up for it and was just like, okay, we getting whipped today. Like like we just was. Like, like we're okay. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's good. Uh, Guess what? My wife is being raped again. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Like so none of that was, that was true because I think that if they taught, I'm a firm believer, if they taught actual American history properly. Oh, man, we'd be saved. A lot of the the racial tensions and problems we have now wouldn't exist because one group would feel more empowered. The other group would be more aware. Yeah. And so when you try to tell somebody your plight and they've never heard it before, Mm -hmm. if they're 30, 40, 50 years old and they've never heard what you're talking about. Yep. And I went through school. I went through college. Nobody ever tell me this. Yep. Like we just had Cinco de Mayo here. There was a dude I know who's 45. He just found out that Cinco de Mayo is not Mexican Independence Day. <laughs> that's funny. He was celebrating Cinco de Mayo for 20 years. Crazy. <laughs> like getting drunk on no the 5th and had, had no, no idea what the holiday what is. Isn't it, is it September or something like that? It's September 16th. Uh, Cinco de Mayo is just is a recognition of the Battle of Puebla with the the France-Mexican yep. War. We're a smaller group. It was the, it was the Mexican version well, I mean, of 300. Well, I mean, shoot. Niggas still but, celebrate July 4th like it's our Independence Day. That's what I'm saying. So the, just really going on, on, on the fact that we, we, we got to tighten this up. No, we definitely have to tighten it up. We, we have to. You know, brother, one of the brothers said on the, the live and asked us, who's going to enforce the black codes? We have to enforce the black codes, man. Well, I'm a firm believer in start where you are. Mm-hmm. So if you try to do the whole, this is going to be the blanket policy that everybody falls in line with, that's going to be extremely difficult. But if you live by a certain way and you get with like-minded people who live a certain way and that becomes the culture in which you exist in, and that becomes the culture and that you accept and tolerate being around you. That's how you start to curb and move Because the fact that the way we are now is not the way we've always been. No. There used to be codes. Oh, yeah. There used to be ways that we operated. And just the folks who live in codeless became the majority. Uh-huh. You know, they was just the ones that became more vocal about can't tell me nothing. Uh, you ain't paying my bills. You can't tell me how to live. Don't you know, I hit my woman if I want to? These are my kids. I walk out if I feel like it. Uh, this, you know, they became the viol- the the loud, you know, uh, movement. Folks who's on a square just did it silently. Yeah. You just need to be more vocal about the importance uh, of what's right, what we'll tolerate. You know, like we everybody talks about. Like I saw this thing on on the internet. They're talking about you know the 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 the, the predator is not the dude. It's not just the dude in the van, you know, looking for little girls. You know, the predator is also your 23-year-old homie with the 16-year-old girlfriend. Yep. Exactamendo. Bingo. You know what I'm saying? That that's just that's just that's the same dude that Chris Hansen need to walk up on. Yes. Bingo. You know, like we need to start saying nah. Like this ain't, you know, like say how many of us was in high school knew girls who had 20-year-old boyfriends? Yeah. Shoot, they they I re- I remember uh them pulling up, you know what I'm saying, picking up girls. It was a big ass scandal in my in my uh uh you know uh high school when when the shit popped off the older guys, they actually went to court. Yeah. Brothers went to did some real jail time over that shit. My homegirl, uh, you know, so we still friends to this day, she uh busted that whole uh that whole case open. 
because she had been messing with a, a lot of those dudes and you know she was just a little runner and uh, you know sweet pretty girl at that age but and it really built like a brick house but she was just a neighborhood home you know what i'm saying and uh those brothers took advantage of it i think that um it says a lot when you look at so many of our black uh, uh leadership um our black athletes or black entertainers under fire I think it says a lot about uh, where we're at and how far we've really come because we haven't gone far enough. Yeah. And uh, what we uh, create the interest of because we're spending so much time on this stuff, but then we are lacking the uh, sensibility to think about, hey, guess what? We have to start thinking about uh, 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 elections. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We have to start thinking about uh, – hold on a second. We got to start thinking about all the other kind of things that – you know what I mean? Goes on in 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 this kind of industry, and the whole thing is that if we do not start focusing our mindset on other things that are going to empower us, and then just not entertain us, that is going to keep us relevant. Like the learning how to vote on necessary things, putting people in office, and lobbying like the other people are doing. Yeah. We are just going to just be a, another. A hashtag catchphrase and another headline for some kind of blog, some kind of podcast, um, some type of entertainment value variety show, and that's just going to be it. And it's going to be when Negro's going to play another song because it really does look like we are so far removed for what's important to everything that is non-existent and thinking that that's going to move us forward. We are not going to get anywhere if we don't start talking and dealing with black issues. I think that the stuff that we have that we I agree with you that where we put, you know, firm believer that where your attention goes, your energy flows. And if you spend all your time and your attention focused on frivolous things and all your time and attention focused on nonproductive things and just counterproductive across the board, that's where your energy is going to go. And none of your energy is going to go where it needs to be in learning and growing and building and developing and, and, and creating and recognizing that just because somebody is amazing at their job does not mean you know who they are. Mm -hmm. You know, there are people who are phenomenal surgeons, you know, who beat their wives. Yeah. There are people who who are amazing engineers, you know what I'm saying, who touch kids. Just because somebody's a great singer, songwriter. You don't know me. Somebody is an amazing actor. Somebody's great with, on the field or on the court. You don't know them. You don't know. And, and to sit there and think that because they're good at their job, that that makes them a good person or that you know who they are is just crazy. And we do got to start cracking down and, and establishing that code. We yeah. have to start cracking down and establishing a set of morals, a set of values, a way that we live. Not only what we want to impose on somebody else, yeah, the way we live. But, a, but a way that we live, which we live. becomes an example mm. as opposed to a statement. Yeah. And when more of us can be the living, walking, breathing example, you'll find it's a lot easier to get like-minded people. More people fall in suit. And these are the things that we need to address, that we need to live by, a creed and a model that we need to share, and definitely something that we need to say something about. We need to say something. Y'all need to say something. Stop faking around and moving with these fake idols and pay attention to what's real. And what's real is we need to vote. So the opportunity to change the game is right now, and let's take the, the ample opportunity to trap the vote, and let's make it happen. Well, where can folks find you to keep up with that information and other events and all that? Barry Axis on Twitter. The Twitter game's kind of hot right now. Barry Axis on Facebook. It's always on Flamo on that, and Instagram, at Team Boy. Holler at us, and make sure you tap into the blackblueprints.com with a Z. 
I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at J Morris CEO. Uh, Jermaine Morris here with Perry Axios. This has been the Say Something Podcast. Yeah, you know, listen, say something and say something real. Say something truthful. Say something powerful. Don't say something ignorant. With this all this ignorant shit going on, come on, watch and mind yourself when you're speaking in front of enemies, in front of people that don't need to hear what we have to say. Black people too busy trying to impress white folks, and we needed to be focused on what? Black folks. You heard me? And until next episode. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Holler at me. We will holler at you later. Say something, say something.